Welcome to the Gonzo Chronicles. I'm your host, Cyrus Alderwood, the official spokesman for Generation X. Stick around. It's going to get weird, as always. Welcome to the weekend, everyone. It's been a few days. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Gonzo Chronicles. Today is Sunday, August 14th, 2022. Man, this year has really flown by. But we have now, at this point, less than 40 days until fall arrives. Less than 80 until Halloween. Am I the only one who actually counts down the days to Halloween? I, I might be. I'm not sure, but I might be. Um, and I'm not sad about that. I'm not embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed about a lot of stupid stuff I do, like owning half of Burt Reynolds' movie collection. No. I own Stroker Ace. I own the mustache trilogy of the Smokey and the Bandit movies. A few others. Sharky's Machine. Good, Good stuff, man. Real good stuff. <laughs> it's the weekend. Hopefully everyone has had a good time. Tell me, what's what's been going on with your weekend? Drop me an email at cyrus.alderwood at gmail.com or leave a comment on the on the podcast if you see it on the, on Twitter or YouTube once it transfers over there. Um, love to hear what everybody else has been doing this summer. It's been a busy summer. Uh, I hit a deer last week. Yeah. I hit a deer. Came out of nowhere. It was a dark and stormy night. No, really, it was. It was a, it was a horrible night a couple Fridays ago, and uh, raining, fog, just just thick, heavy fog. And uh, thankfully, no one else was on the highway where I was at, and it just came out of nowhere. And I swerved. I clipped it. It was it was a doe. I felt horrible, folks. Like two inches tall. I went back to look for it. I felt just terrible. Like, man, I just killed Bambi's mom. Seriously. Um, hopefully, this thing survived and didn't have any pain. Um, it didn't really do much damage to my car at all. So maybe I didn't hit it as hard as I thought. I was actually going pretty slow because of the weather. But, um, yeah, that's two cars I've had to have repaired. So it's been a week and a half, a couple weeks. Um, all the flooding that's gone on in, uh, parts of Kentucky, I'm sure we've all heard about that. Hopefully, um, by now some of you have looked up, um, places where you could donate to help out those flood victims. Keep these folks in mind, everybody. This is, this is terrible. This, I mean, of course, natural disasters happen everywhere. It's heartbreaking and heart-wrenching anytime you see it. 
So whether you're out west, like some some of you are that are listening that are out west and uh, Arizona, New Mexico, California that I know, and then Nevada, um, or if you're uh, back here in the east or even in the Midwest in Oklahoma, um, a lot you know, natural disasters happen. So uh, we're we're all pretty lucky if we make it through these things. So just make sure you check on your neighbors, pay it forward. I got to tell you something: the weather has changed here in Virginia over the last week in the part that I live anyway. And it's it I can feel the chill of an early fall. And I like it. I like it normally like here last few years I couldn't I you know, I was kinda of wanted to extend summer. But this year for some reason I'm you know, let's let's bring on the early fall and bring out the colors. Bring on the creepy movies. Bring on October. Hey, I got a couple new things um I'm working on. On this episode, though, let's title this particular podcast as Why It's Important to Write. So 10 reasons why it's important for you or anyone, whether you're a writer or not, to actually write. Write something. So we're going to talk about that. Um, but before we get there, a couple other things I just want to bring up. Um, it's been a crazy week in the political world. Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago compound got raided by the FBI, and they've given 10 different reasons why they raided it. Who the hell knows? I mean, I don't I don't think any of us know any of the truth. I don't think the media knows half of any of the truth. Um, we'll find out in time. Uh, these, I, personally, Merrick Garland, the uh, Attorney General, he's the head of the FBI. He's the head of the DOJ. So all this sort of falls on him. I think they're lying from the White House. I don't think there's any way your political enemy's home gets raided by the FBI and they don't tell a sitting president because it's him and his uh, his crew that will take the political blowback. So yeah, I think they knew. Um, you're not gonna you're not gonna do something like that to a former president and the current president not know. Um, so I don't I don't believe. I don't believe the lies. I mean, they're politicians. You know, you want to give people the benefit of the doubt, except politicians, because they lie their ass off. That's what they make a career doing. Um, so we'll see how this, this all plays out. This is this is quite interesting. I'm not going to get on a soapbox or anything, but uh, I do think that Merrick Garland, he was the man that was tapped to, um, by Obama for nomination to the Supreme Court when... Mitch McConnell blocked the nomination, would not bring up the nomination process in the Senate, would not bring it up until after Obama was gone because it was Obama's last year and he said there was a precedent and blah, blah, blah. Um, personally, I think that's garbage. That was, that was a garbage move on McConnell's part. A sitting president has a right to appoint his Supreme Court justice, whether you like that person or not. You know, I was not an Obama fan. And I think one of the people he put in there was highly unqualified. But it is a president's right to have that um, opportunity when it comes up. So McConnell was in the wrong for doing that. Even you know, But anyway, long story short, I think Merrick Garland is pissed. Because Donald Trump got to name three. And he desperately, probably desperately wanted that lifetime appointment on the Supreme Court. And now he's settling for... Uh, dumbass Joe Biden's attorney general. And um, 
he's he's not a dumb guy. Uh, he he uh, I think he knows exactly what he's doing. And that statement he came out the other day, we were all waiting for two hours for him to come out and tell us a statement about what you know from the uh, DOJ's point of view about the raid on the Trump House. And then came out and told us absolutely nothing. Well, that was by design. Um, he, like I said, he's a smart guy. Hey, I heard a brand new um, a new phrase over the last couple of weeks. Uh, a climate terrorist. People who drive big-ass SUVs like me, apparently I'm a climate terrorist. They don't want to call, well, from a far-left point of view, uh, somebody wants to blow up a pipeline. I guess you could call them a climate terrorist. I would, because they're radical and want to blow up, you know, terrorism, acts of terrorism in defense of climate. Although, wouldn't that cause one hell of an ecological mess? They'd be like, ah, the Exxon Valdez, it's evil, all that oil, let's blow it up. And then, <laughs> next thing you know, you had a disaster. Yeah, I mean, it crashed, all right, the Exxon Valdez. I don't Showing my age here, I don't know how many of you remember the Exxon Valdez. Uh, the uh, tanker ship that ran ashore hit some rocks because the guy was drunk. <laughs> the the uh, captain was drunk and uh, caused one hell of an ecological disaster. Uh, you can look that up uh, if you don't already know it. But, you know, if I'm a climate terrorist for driving an SUV, it does get good gas mileage. Would Kylie Jenner be a climate terrorist for flying a plane? That's a fair question. How about Leonardo DiCaprio? Is he a climate terrorist? Or Al Gore? Every time they jump on their, their plane and fly somewhere to talk about climate change. Or aren't they a climate terrorist? Because they just they just left a bigger carbon footprint than I ever will. Um, yeah, think about that. Oh, yeah, the uh, House and Senate passed the Inflation Reduction Act, in which case they were spending $700 billion or $400 billion. I'm confused how many billions they're spending anymore. They throw so much at it. If you have inflation, do you throw money on it, on the problem? No. But that's what they did. Really, all it was was a climate change bill. Oh, yeah, and they raised taxes. Uh, and they hired 87,000 new IRS agents. They're not going after rich people, folks. Most people that get audited, the vast majority of them, make under 150,000. Out of that group, 150,000, the people who make 100,000 or less are most likely to get audited. And you want to know why? Because those are the folks who don't have the financial means to hire all these accountants and lawyers to fight a battle with the IRS. They typically try to scrounge up what money they have, pay them to leave them the hell alone. And the IRS knows that. So yes, when they said they weren't going to raise taxes on anybody making over 400, under 400000 they lied. <laughs> because taxes are going up. And uh, now they're going to send the IRS... Uh, in your life to take what little scratch you have left okay <clears throat> they'll dig through until you go uh, whatever and if you don't have the money to hire a lawyer or it's a waste to hire a lawyer or an accountant good luck man 
you know, I don't know who the hell voted for these these people, but um, wasn't me. I, I'm not a big fan of taxes. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Here we are, the country who had a revolt and fought our independence over some taxes, and we just hired 87,000 new IRS agents. George Washington will be rolling over in his grave right now. Anyway, um, another piece of news is they're telling us we're not in a recession. The technical definition of a recession is two quarters of back-to-back -back negative GDP growth. We have that. That is a technical definition. It's like, ah, oh, it can't be a recession because we have too many job openings, blah, blah, blah. Well, let me ask you a question. Companies are already starting to lay off and announce that they're not hiring. But if you have all these job openings where you can't fill those jobs, do those jobs actually exist? I don't know. That's worth thinking about, too. Um, but you can have a recession and have all kinds of other things going on economically that could be positive and negative. I'm just going by the technical definition that I was taught when I was going to uh, undergrad and grad school because I majored in economics. Um, Amazon Smile. I, have, I think I've maybe brought this up on the on the uh, episodes before. If you if you're like me, I shop tons on Amazon, and now that it's August, I will believe it or not, I will start my Christmas shopping early, and I will buy some things on Amazon, and I'll order them and get them in. And especially with supply chain issues, I'm not fooling around this year. I'm I'm ordering early because I want to make sure I have everything in here before. Halloween that I don't have to think about the holidays. I'm done. So um, if whatever, if you're like me and you shop on there a lot, take some time to think about what charity you want to support because Amazon has a program called Amazon Smile. And if you don't know about this, that they'll take a portion of the pro of whatever you're buying, like your total cost, they'll take a percentage of that and actually donate to a charity of your choice. So to do that, if you go to smile.amazon.com and then go look for what nonprofit you would like to support, pick that one. And then every time you go to your cart, instead of just going to amazon.com, go to smile.amazon.com and you'll see your cart is still full of the same items you already had in it. It's still your account. You just, just, just a different URL. Click on it, check out through there. It's just one extra step. I know a lot of people don't want to think about that extra step. Just bookmark smile.amazon.com. And when you go to log in to make your purchases, go to that page and then a percentage of whatever gets paid forward. And that way you never have to write a check to that charity because a percentage of your purchases will go to it anyway. So this year I've probably, I've, de I've generated probably 20 bucks to uh, the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. That's the nonprofit that, uh, uh, me and a few other folks um, have, and we run. So, uh, you know, to give you a heads up on how much this can mean to even small nonprofits like mine, if if you uh, go back, I think 2018 or 19, the year right before the pandem uh, pandemic hit, the Nature Conservancy actually got uh, raised $3 million through Amazon Smile. Now, Appalachia is full of, I think, like 25, 26 million people. Um, so, you know, if we had 10,000 people, uh, the more, I mean, everyone counts. So 
I probably have a handful of people that use Amazon Smile and pay forward to my charity, to my nonprofit. But, you know, consider it. It's something that uh, if you want to check out the website and see what our mission is, it's supportappalachia.org. And give it a think. If not, find a local animal shelter where you live. Something. You know, there's, there's always some good charity that's probably registered through Amazon like we are that you can pay it forward. So, um, yeah, one other piece of news, and then I'm going to get into, like, the 10 reasons, 10 biggest reasons why you should start writing. And it doesn't mean you have to write a book either. I started, a, speaking of writing, I started a Substack. Um, now you're like, what the hell is a Substack? Well, it's a website. Um, if you go to cyrusalderwood.substack.com, it's called Cyrus's Gonzo Zone. And I actually have a newsletter on there called The Doppelganger that you can, uh, you can, you can check out too. Um, in addition to this, so that's kind of like on the side from the podcast. Some of these things that I write on there, I'll write articles about different things. Uh, some of it I will make public for anyone to read. Uh, yesterday I wrote an article called uh, titled, Women Face Unique Challenges with Investing and Why Women Need to Start Investing Earlier in Life. So I wrote that article, and that's free for everyone to read. Some things I'll put a lock on, and you have to subscribe. Um, so not everything, but some things. So if you want to you know, support and actually read some of the articles that are out there and support what I'm doing with Substack and with the podcast and so forth, this is the only thing that I've done that I've made subscription-based. And you can do, uh, you can be one of the founders, as it's called, or um, or you can just subscribe per month or per year. I'm gonna I set it at five dollars a month, so I mean it's less than a cup of your coffee from uh, Starbucks. So some of the things on there, I've got a couple articles. Uh, I did write about the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, and I was pretty blunt about that. Jack Dorsey actually made some comments, negative comments about the Chinese Communist Party. And uh, I wrote an article, does, uh, that's the guy who did formerly own Twitter, CEO of Twitter. So I wrote, does Jack Dorsey finally get it? And then I wrote a, a really fun article called 80s Movies That Should Not Be Remade. So that one's locked. So you know, those, if you want to read those, you have to pay subscription. I'm adding to this all the time. It's a new, it's a new platform, but I'm adding to it all the time. I've got my early predictions for the NFL. I got uh, wrote an article about Nancy Pelosi flying into Taiwan, and actually why Nancy Pelosi has a bigger pair of balls than Mitch McConnell. <laughs> so um, I thought that was that was really uh, interesting. And I wrote an article on the recession, but that, that one's public, and so is the Pelosi article. Uh, and I'll be writing uh, on some fantasy football stuff, 80s stuff, fun cultural things. I'll be dipping into some political things. Um, but you'll get an email uh, just to let you know there's a new article up. So go there and subscribe. You can subscribe for free, but if you want the uh, the other articles, it's a five dollar subscription. So uh, hopefully you'll you'll sign up, and uh, I'd love to get maybe 250, 300 subscribers. That'd be great. And uh, like I said, I'll be churning out articles on a daily, every other day basis. Um, so some fun stuff. And if you have anything on there you'd like to see, uh, see me uh, address. Leave comments on there. Drop me an email. Just let me know. I'll be glad to to tackle pretty much any issue, um, controversial or not. That's 
nor to care. <laughs> um, what's life without a little controversy anyway? Reasons why you need to write. Well, first of all, <clears throat> if you have a job, writing's pretty essential for any kind of communication skill around the workforce. Um, that goes without saying. Um, but when I say why you should write, I don't necessarily mean uh, a novel, like a nonfiction, or I mean this could be anything. This could be journaling, writing your first book, uh, some original fiction, um, nonfiction. Uh, there's fan fiction people write. There's uh, free writing. Uh, just, there's also just people make all kinds of money off this stuff doing blogging and free thought through vlogging as well, which is not necessarily writing, but you have to you have to write out and script out a show sometimes. But let me tell you what writing has done for me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you reasons why you should write every day. I wish I held firm to that practice. I'm getting better, but uh, well, you know, it it writing every day is a tough tough thing to do. But there, but I know plenty of writers that do it, so I have no excuse, and, and neither do you. Writing every day actually builds discipline. So if you get up in the morning and you have a morning routine, you know, that, that teaches you how to stick with doing something. Build writing into your routine every day. Even if it's five minutes on your lunch break at work and you do a quick journaling. How, just, hey, my day is going like this. Now here's like the three things that I learned today or something. Anything that pops in your mind, take five, ten minutes of your lunch break if you have it and, uh, and, and write something down. Or first thing you do when you get home. You know, you may have family to deal with, kids to, to, to deal with, so maybe that's why you do that at work during lunch or early in the morning before anybody gets up or last thing at night. But find 10 minutes at least a day to write something, whether it's a, just, just how your day went or, or some thoughts you have or, or a to-do list for the next day so that you don't forget those things. Writing every day builds discipline. Uh, the other thing is that, you know, you always read about the left brain, left side, and right side of your brain. Uh, I always thought, you know, you gauge both sides of your brain when you write, I assume. <laughs> so they say, is it the right side? Is, no, the left side is more analy analytical and logical. The left side is more creative, right? It handles all the the daydreams and, you know, all that, right? So um, balance out your, your thought process. There's no reason to go all day just being logical and methodical. Our brains were wired for imagination. If it wasn't, we wouldn't enjoy books and movies. So engage both sides of your brain. I think it's a healthy thing mentally for people to engage both sides by, by just doing writing. Um, and, uh, you know, it helps you. Here's, here's another thing I always thought of. If you have a lot of issues and problems in your life, I know people that journal. And I'm going to bring this little girl up because my niece, after she lost her father, I think she's been doing some journaling. And my other niece probably does too. She doesn't really talk much about it. But whenever you're feeling stuck or just you have problems, it helps to write them down. Because it helps as you write them down, it helps you think through them. Especially when you're writing out longhand, don't, don't you don't have to type this. Write it out. It's it's it is therapeutic. And let's face it, 
people that, that write a lot, you have very well-known journalists that do a good job, that are fair. Yeah, I mentioned bloggers. Uh, you have people like speechwriters who've written powerful speeches, like Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. These people who write consistently actually impact society in a larger way than you think. Think about the songs that you've heard, the beautiful songs that meant a lot to you, that you can't get out of your head, that are culturally famous and culturally important. Someone wrote that. Think about the movies that you've watched that made a deep emotional impact with you and with a lot of people. Someone wrote that. That's why propaganda works. <laughs> um, written word can seriously influence your culture and, and, and the, the world at large. So I'm probably going to rattle on more than 10 here, but let's just call this 10. <laughs> um, would, would your family have, well, let me, let me back up. One of, one of the reasons I think it's important for people to write, if you're not writing a book, like fiction book, uh, you're writing nonfiction, a lot of people, the, we go to this 23andMe and we go to uh, Ancestry.com. We want to learn about our family's past. If we had some, one or two people from each generation who actually kept notes and kept track of the families, would you really need that? Because you have a family journal, kind of like you have a family Bible that gets passed down. You want to track your family, learn who each person was, a little bit about not just who they were, but what they were like. Have somebody in your family write that down. And that, if you're listening to it, that's you. Because I've asked people in my family to do that. I would love to have my Granny Pruitt around to this day. Um, I wish she had written about all the family that she remembered she would talk about. And I wish my mom, while she remembers all this stuff, would write it down too. But she won't. Uh, so I just have to piecemeal and bug people to death and write down names and who they were, when they lived, and what they were like. By her point of view. I would love to have gotten what someone was like. You know, if they lost their husband or wife and they wrote about them. And the grandkids who never knew that person could actually go back 30, 40 years from now and read that information, read those words. It's powerful. We wouldn't have history. We would not even know our own history without writing. And that comes right down to, I mean, that's it doesn't have to be a national history or town history. Um but you know, every but writing is important. I would love to know more about the history of my town. I would love to know more about the history of my county. But people didn't write and think about those things. I'd love to. I mean, drill it down to something as finite as small as you want. The history of your nuclear family it doesn't even have to be your family, your lineage. So you know, a buddy of mine that's listening to this, I think it would be a great idea for him to write down. You know, all the the times in his life, things that impacted him importantly you know, and that were important to him. And, you know, when he met his mother, how they met, how, you know, how they decided to finally have a kid. After, you know, he didn't think he would ever have one. And then to have his son read that to his grandson down the road so he knows from his own grandfather what it what it was like. Do these things, folks. That's important. And you know what? I 
I, when I first started writing, I thought I'd write one book. And I realized quickly I've got a lot of books in me. And I think everybody, if I have a bunch of books in me, everybody does, whether it's fiction or not. Um, it could be a book of your experiences. Uh, write your own autobiography. Don't even show it to people. Just, just kind of write it. Um, people want to share their stories. People want to hear your stories. Everyone has a story to tell. Writing it's the only way to get it into the hands of people who give a crap. So sit down and write it. Um, when I go back to like journaling, another good reason to do this is it, just from no other reason than mental health. It helps you work through your problems, like I mentioned. Mental health is a big thing today. So many people deal with anxiety, uh, just depression, other disorder, and then some disorders, right? So, you know, if if you don't have something that you know that's like diagnosable, maybe there's some things in your life that just led to poor mental health. You didn't take care of yourself emotionally or mentally. Writing these things down can help you work through those things and lead to a happier healthier just mental state of mind. I'm, I'm a big fan of that and why writing is so important for that. Uh, and, you know, another thing that you can write down is your goals. I mean, I don't know what kind of personality you have, the, each person that's listening to this, but when you go tell people your goals, it can help you or it can hurt you, I guess, because you don't reach those goals and everybody's going to remind you they're going to pile on. Writing them down, whether you share them with others or not. I mean, if you want to share them with others, like people that look looking to lose weight and tell their friends, hey, I'm going to lose 50 pounds by whatever, or 20 pounds, and they'll kind of like keep a little fire and you hold you to that, and you feel responsible to other people to keep up with that. But when it comes to like bigger goals, I always like to keep my cards close to my vest. And uh, I'll write down goals. Um, I think it's important to achieving those goals. Because if I get up every morning, I see those goals written down, I'm holding myself responsible. And I don't want other people busting my balls for like not getting there, you know. Um, because sometimes those stretch goals, it's just important to try more so than it is to hit the goal. And depend depending on the goal. Uh, but um, you're much more likely to achieve your goals if you're writing down. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll live and die by that. You know, if you're writing every day, you're going to become a darn good writer because that's the only way you're going to improve. So improvement is another reason to write, just because you want to get better. And you're not going to get better unless you practice at it. And the more well-written you are, the more polished you are as a writer, the more respected you become by your peers. And here's another thing that I got out of writing. I met a lot of other writers, a lot of great people that I could learn from. And that made a huge difference for me uh, as why I would write, just because I have a you know scheduled time every month where I get together with other writers. And whether it's just a, hello, how you doing? Let's hang out for an hour. Or, hey, we're going to have a workshop today. We're going to learn something new about our craft. Or if it's something we're not learning new, we're going to hone that skill a little bit today. Um, and I think by keeping a you know daily routine of writing, you keep your thoughts more organized as well. Um, you don't forget the to-do list that you have to do every day, like I mentioned. Um, so there, there's so many things that 
that I think improve in your life. You know, you actually learn who your audience is, which is really cool, which is one reason why I started the podcast. I started going to book signings and actually meeting some of my audience. And, you know, not that I sell a lot of books. I haven't sold a book in like two months online. But having that audience actually sort of matters to me, you know. I get to learn about what makes sense from your point of view and what kind of content is important to you. So me as a creator, I know what limits to kind of push a little bit um, because I value my audience. And I hope they value my creativity and sometimes, you know, the wanting to push that envelope sometimes in some of the things I write. Uh, don't always have to agree with me, but that's okay. We, we don't live in a world, I, I don't live in a cancel culture world, uh, even though part of the world is like that. And I hope you listening uh, don't either. Um, you can't cancel people. We're all here. We're all in the same boat. And it's valuable to have different opinions. And you, know, you should respect those opinions. Don't have to agree with them. It's okay. And I think you learn a lot of that by writing because you can say one thing and regret what you say. And you can write something and regret what you write. But when you're writing it, you have a purpose. You're taking your time. It's more intended. And, uh, you know, I value the bonds that I've built with other writers and, and, and people who read that, like, they're voracious readers that just know me and we talk about books we're reading and things like that. You can also make a career out of it, even though I haven't. Um, it's a it's a legit career for a lot of people who want to put the, the time and work and actually network enough to get into the right position where you can just write for a living. Um, yeah. So think about all that and you know, just the reflection. When you go back and just reflect on things you've written uh, on a day-to-day basis, I, I suggest you go pick up a book on writing with just a list of writing prompts and just sometimes just randomly pick one and write about it. Sometimes they're very personal. Sometimes they're tough choices. I mean, they're always, always write about it, even if it's a paragraph, three paragraphs, whatever. Nobody said you had to write a book on one writing prompt. Spend 15 minutes on it and then move forward. You'd be surprised how that reflect, how it helps you reflect and define yourself better. Actually, you know, when you define yourself better and you reflect, you you kind of step forward in a different path in life too. And I think that's that's very important. You know, you can you can shed a lot of fears by jumping onto a page and typing or grabbing a piece of paper and writing it out. Get your ideas, your thoughts across, cement your history, um, do what you need to do, but writing every day, I promise you, will, will make you a more disciplined person. Take 10, 15 minutes. Regular writing is going to improve a lot of things in your life. You might not realize it, but um, you will over time. So, that being said, I want you to share some of the things you're writing. I may, uh, well, I'll tell you what. Go Google writing prompts. Like 10 writing prompts or something. You pick one. Write it. Ten minutes. Just write ten minutes. Type it out. Send it to me. I'd love to see. And I'm gonna I'm gonna grab one of the writing prompts out of on a out of a book that I have. I'm just gonna open a page, and if it's you know very personal, so be it. 
I'm going to write on it for about 10, 15 minutes, and I will read it on my next podcast. And speaking of the upcoming podcast, we're going to be getting into the dark side of rock and roll on some of these, on some of these episodes. We're also going to get into horror films, the true stories behind some of the most infamous horror films of all time. Yeah, there's some true stories behind some of those. So we're going to get into that, and then we're going to be having some guests back on. I'm sure Miss Elizabeth will be back on. We're going to talk about some mysteries and unsolved stuff, and uh, we'll go from there. But if you know of anybody that would be interested in being a guest on the program, uh, have them touch base with me. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Gonzo Chronicles. I appreciate the hell out of you. I'll see you on down the road.